Hello and welcome to episode 4 of Connected on Relay FM. Today is the 10th of September 2014. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Igloo, an internet you'll actually like. Lynda.com, where you can instantly stream thousands of courses created by industry experts for a free trial. Visit lynda.com slash connected and Studio Neat, makers of the Glyph, the Cosmonaut and the Neat Ice Kit. My name is Mike Hurley and I am joined by my two co-hosts, as I always am, Mr. Stephen Hackett and Mr. Federico Vitici. Hello, gentlemen. Hey. Hi. Ah, we did it. <laughs> you can't do that to us, Mike. I know. You have to I'm sorry. do it one at a time. Shall, shall I just say it again? Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hey. And Mr. Federico Vitici. Hey, guys. <laughs> do you feel more comfortable now? Yes. Yes. Thank you. I'm no, sorry. Damn it. I appreciate it, yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> Big show today, guys. Big show. Oh, yeah? Why? Mm-hmm. Um, there was something oh. about a TV truck. Were we supposed to prepare for this one? Well, no. I've been All day, I have been ensconced inside a TV truck, um, and I've been looking at, like, uh, the something. How's your yeah, CBS? Do you want to talk about, uh, the? I think, the Windows Phone rebranding, right? Has there been a Windows Phone rebranding? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, today there's a new rumor that Apparently, Microsoft is uh, uh, discontinuing the Windows Phone name. It's it's gonna be just Windows, and oh, that will be nice and nice and confusing for everyone. Yeah, they're also dropping the Nokia brand, and they're that gonna buy fun. Minecraft for yeah. two billion dollars. So yeah, <laughs> maybe they're just gonna like make the Windows interface just look like Minecraft. Yeah, tell you what, they should just bring back Balmer. And, yeah. You know, it's all going crazy over in Redmond. Maybe yeah. we should talk about Apple stuff. Why? Um, maybe, yeah. Could There's never any Apple news to talk about. Apple is doomed. They don't I have release some, products. I have, I have three follow-up links, then we can just wrap it up. Yeah, okay, let's just do that. So, uh, as is Apple's sort of thing during an event, sometimes they do like little secret things, and so you realize later that they've discontinued the iPod Classic, as uh, Marco pointed out on Twitter yesterday. Uh, and then there's a link in the show notes uh, to Mac Stories with hmm. a fun little chart of the uh, iPod. What is this chart? And it's when it was updated, and you can see that it was updated a lot, and then it stopped being updated in 2009, and now it's dead. <laughs> I love the gap in that time. <laughs> it's really sad. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and then it's just like no. No, there should be just like in in that in that gap between the last update and, and the, you know, the discontinuation of the device just in, in, in bold letters, whatever. <laughs> in the middle. And then someone's like, oh, and this maybe, is still here? And maybe, Steven, and maybe Steven's face, like around 2013, when, it, when, when he was still hoping for some kind of update. And then, you know, it's dead. I mean, it's sad, right? Because it's like an old friend. Uh, I think if if you if you can ever become friend with with an iPod, I you get the idea, right? Yeah. I think that person personally, I think that this product has been discontinued because we've been talking about it so much recently. Like they Apple just forgot that it existed and they didn't it's know the, it was on the store, yeah. and now we've been talking about it. And someone was like, "Oh, yeah, take that thing down." So, Stephen, this is your fault. It's like when we killed Everpix on the old show. Yeah, like every single <laughs> yeah. photo photo service. Yeah, the curse the curse lives on. So if we just keep talking about the iPhone. <laughs> the iPhone is going away. Yeah, the iPhone is going to go away. Yeah. Um, also in the show notes, there's this article from 2003. <laughs> so I'm really on top of it. 
uh, from the New York Times called The Guts of a New Machine. And a couple people emailed this to me. I, I don't have any names handy yet. So I apologize if this is because someone mailed it to us who's listening. Which so is you a, guys a little interesting. I'm yes. sorry, Stephen. I, ju- I just wanted to ask you. Uh, do you remember when there was like that American uh, energy drink that at one point it was like retired from sale and there were like people, you know, buying the, the last few boxes of that drink? The uh, the Loco, whatever? Yeah. Loco. Did, did you do the same with the iPod Classic? I did. I bought one, <laughs> I bought one three months ago. <laughs> and now they killed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's <laughs> see how many iPod, how many iPod classics do you have? Yeah, four loco. Joe Steele still has some at his house, I think. <laughs> um, but this this article's really interesting because it's written in 2003, and so it sort of talks about um, Apple at the time and just you know, like there's no guarantee that today's leader will not be copycatted and undersold until tomorrow's niche player. Like it's just an interesting article because it was two years after the iPod and it's really before I mean the iPod was growing by 2003 but I would argue that 2004 2005 were the the big years so it's it's an interesting little snapshot into what people were thinking at the time and uh, you should check it out in our show notes which are on the internet somewhere they are at relay.fm slash connected slash four four like four local four like four local <laughs> yep so uh, some sad news, um, but there is a, a silver lining to it. So a friend of the show, um, actually was was our guest host last week, Mr. Jason Snell, uh, has departed IDG and Macworld today. Um, and unfortunately as well today, there have been uh, some, some changes at Macworld in which some fantastic people have lost their jobs or have left um, you know, uh, there's been a lot of change. Macworld Magazine is going away. It's the end of an era for Macworld Magazine, uh, and Macworld.com will be continuing. So, I think first off, I want to give, uh, on behalf of all of Relay, on behalf of all of us, our best to everyone who has been affected by this news today, because they are friends uh, of the network. But the silver lining is, um, Mr. Jason Snell is going to be a part of Relay FM now. Uh, did you have, sorry Stephen did you have something <laughs> yeah but, I, I hear I can hear you in the background awkward. like ready to say something um it is you know I tweeted this earlier but it's you know I've been published in Macworld as a, you know a lot of people have they were always really good if you were an up-and-coming writer um you know I emailed a bunch of those guys over the years you know worked with an editor there a couple of times and uh I really will miss like the printed Macworld. It was something that, you know, I would go buy. I had a subscription for a while, um, right on the iPad and newsstand the last couple of years. And it's just a real cornerstone of our little world. And, uh, yes, it'll be on the web, but you know, and I'm, and I'm sure the people who are staying and the people who run the web will do a great job, but it is sad. And, and a lot of our friends are, are now looking for work and, uh, our community is going to be worse off, uh, without a printed Macworld magazine, I think. And, I don't just say that because I'm an old man with like a journalism degree. Like I really believe that they held an important, uh, an important corner of our world. You know, they've been around since 1984. I mean, they're, you know, a 30 year old institution and, um, we're super excited to have, have Jason on board. You know, I wrote in, in our, in our company, you know, our, uh, 
brands blog today like like mike and i like you and i really were honored when jason approached us mm-hmm. about this about this deal and um we couldn't be happier to have him here but it definitely is a is a dark day for the community as well so the the good the good news is uh, Clockwise, which is uh, a current podcast that IDG have at TechHive, is going to be joining um, Relay uh, soon. Uh, we will have more updates about that soon. Uh, we have to just do some stuff with the technical side, and uh, Jason will be having a new show, uh, which I'm going to be helping him out with, called Upgrade, and that's going to be starting very soon. So keep your eye out for that. Um, we've got some exciting stuff planned. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of Jason Snell. All over the internet, and uh, thankfully, um, we so are you're, very you're lucky. So you're not gonna you're not gonna sunset Jason's brands. I'm trying not to. Uh, I'm I'm trying to give Jason a sunrise, if anything. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Oh dear. <laughs> Good job, man. Thanks, guys. I'll I'll just keep going. <laughs> we should just move on. So this uh, a big, big week, huge week, as some would say. Uh, Apple took the stage uh, yesterday at the uh, Flint Center in Cupertino and Flint introduced a Flint. What did I say? No, I was listening to last week's episode and it was, oh. it was Flint Center. N- sorry. <laughs> the website's really good. They haven't updated it yet. Uh, and so our plan today is to kind of give some overall thoughts and then break it down into the iPhone, the payment stuff, uh, and the watch. Um, and I think all three of us have watched the, uh, so the stream, we should just start like the stream had a lot of issues. It was Terrible. really actually frustrating yeah. to watch yesterday, yeah. which was a um, shame, right? Because they've hyped it up so much and they should have been expecting it. I'm sure that they were. I'm sure there's only so much you can do, but it was, it was very frustrating. To It was embarrassing considering all the yeah. hype and, you know, and all the anticipation that went to, you know, to, to for promotion and, you know, all the tweets and the, the Apple.com, it was kind of embarrassing. Yeah, because they, they did a real fancy job with that page, and then it was yeah. just like severely broken. They were like, it, video was stuttering and failing. There was like the Chinese, I, was, I think it was Chinese, like translation, like bed like, underneath. <laughs> yeah, like dubbed in. Yep. <laughs> Which was it's kind of distracting. <laughs> yeah, it's. I have a, a friend of mine uh, who's here in town and uh, he actually speaks Chinese. He's bilingual, speaks Chinese and English. And he was like, it gave me a headache. Like I had to <laughs> just like stop watching because I was keeping up with both. It'd be like an echo. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they ended up getting that sorted out. I mean, I think at work we watched the last, you know, all the watch stuff on um, and it was, it was fine, but it clearly an energy at this event that we haven't really seen of Tim Cook. Like we had like an emotional Tim Cook. Um, and I, I really think, and we'll get to this more later with the watch, but like this is sort of his first keynote. Like I, I truly believe the watch is a project that originated, you know, that had its conception underneath Tim's watch. This is not something that was in the works before uh, Jobs passed away. And you can see that, right? Like he he uses the line, you know, one more thing. And he actually, I, when I rewatched it last night, he actually gets choked up Yeah, when he says that line, which is like, I really believe is genuine. Like, it, I think it's really him. That was, that realizing was a powerful the weight, moment. The weight. That was, yeah. The, yeah. Um, 
I think, I thing- think that, that some of this excitement, though, was present in WWDC. I think that there was... You could see from him as well that there were things that were Tim Cook's Apple there as well. Um, and, and I think the excitement started there, but it, it definitely was more palpable in this presentation, especially from him. Yeah, I, I think um, there was a different vibe from WWDC. And, I mean, of course, it, these are different products. You know, this is consumer stuff. It's it's a phone and a watch. And, and the kind of crowd is also different because at WWDC you have all these developers, you know, with new technologies and APIs. But it felt like Steven said, it felt like a different it felt like a different Tim Cook and it felt like a different Apple on stage. Even different from you know, because in June we were saying, Oh, this is a new Apple, this is a different Apple. And this one was also different in another way. And I don't know if it's you know, if it's maybe uh, the fact that, that they announced a product that it's so focused on fashion and you know, being a mass market. Uh, product for all kinds of consumers but it felt different and it felt new and and it, and it was strange and maybe it's the fact that you know that the live stream had all sorts of issues and so I was kind of struggling to keep up with the news and maybe it's also the bigger phone right because we got so used to to thinking about the, the iPhone as the compact phone so it was a, a lot of different aspects and, and factors that together make me think that it was it was kind of strange, and and I think it's a lot to process, but in a different way than WWDC. It's like meeting a friend after a decade, and and it's strange. There's Apple with a watch and with a bigger phone that doesn't seem like Apple, right? I agree. No, yeah, I and, agree. and even the pacing, right? Like Apple's events are, are methodical and... um. I mean, just a couple minutes in, he's like showing the new iPhone and it's, um, I think 40 minutes or so in, like they're done with the iPhone and done with iOS eight and it's time for something else. Uh, so the pace was definitely fast. It was still, I, it was still two hours long. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the watch stuff was in video. You know, there was a, a really long Johnny Ive white room video, um, with a lot of like flying watches and, and there was a demo by, you know, the old Adobe guy, it was just a different pace. And I think that reflects their excitement about it. Um, and, you know, we'll get a little bit later about maybe why that excitement could hurt them. But uh, overall, sort of a different vibe, but one that was not bad. I mean, it was a very enjoyable event to watch and, and to take, you know, take in. Yeah, the, I guess the only weird parts were the U2 and the mobile game. The, the demo of the the game like it yeah. seemed unnecessary i mean the graphics were nice uh, yeah. but it seems you know, this kind of demos unless it's a huge company like epic games or you know electronic arts they're they're always a bit like it's filler right well, it's yeah, it's or- stuff that it's there for you know i don't know why and you too yeah <laughs> You know, it was just strange. Oh, <laughs> like the, the, thing, the finger touch? Oh, yeah. That was exciting. <laughs> the, 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 the game, like, I would understand it if they had something new to show, but we already saw a demo of Metal. Yeah, like, it, it wasn't it, it necessary. Was like, when you're rushing through it, like, to, to spend, like, five or ten minutes with a company showing an interesting game, but, it yeah, it just seemed, it seemed a little bit peculiar in this one, but 
you know. and, and they skipped all of the normal. This is how the Apple Store is doing. This is how the Mac is doing. Yep. I think we will see that in October at the iPad event. Yeah. But it was like just jump in straight business. Um, we also learned there's a, a a GIF in the in the chat room and in the show notes. Um, and if you actually if you go to the 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 page on Relay FM, you'll see it in action. Uh, there's a like Tim Cook is actually like fist pumping in front of a crowd of cheering people, and yeah. maybe he's going to jump into a mosh pit. Um, Wait, he's fist pump. He's fist pump guy now. He's fist pump guy. He's double fist pump guy. There is a potential. There is a potential that. Tim was what, the original fist if, pump guy because yeah, Steve was if, on stage. Yeah, exactly. Oh, what guys, if Tim Cook has been the fist pumping guy all along? We've we've uncovered a real. This is a real secret. Tip tack beam. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about Linda and then come back to the uh, the new iPhones. Sounds great to me, guys. So I want to take a quick moment to thank our first sponsor of this week's episode, and that's the great people at Linda Linda is an easy and affordable way to help individuals and organizations learn. You can instantly stream thousands of courses created by experts on software, web development, graphic design, and so much more. Linda makes sure that they work directly with industry experts, with people that really know their stuff. And they also work directly with software companies as well. So the people actually creating the applications and the programs that you're going to be working with to provide timely training. They very often, they will have... New ver- like if a new version of a product is released, they'll have training videos out the same day. So you- they're going to make sure that you're always up to speed. All of Linda's courses are produced at super high quality. They're people that are well prepared. They've got great scripts. They really know what they're doing. And they're in fantastic setups. They've got great audio equipment, great video equipment. And they're using all of the right stuff that they need to help you learn. And they do that by creating high quality content. Linda's courses are broken down into bite-sized pieces. So you're able to learn at your own pace. And you can learn wherever you want with Linda's mobile apps. They have apps for iPhone, iPad, and Android, as well as learning on the web. They have fantastic tools like searchable transcripts. You can create playlists if you want as well. Whether you're a beginner or advanced, lynda.com has courses for all experience levels. They are going to take care of you and make sure that your brain just gets more full of awesome information. With only one low monthly price of $25, Linda gives you unlimited access to 100,000 video tutorials and are growing all the time. These are tutorials in topics like development. Um, maybe you want to learn some stuff about business and marketing for your new application that you're working on. Uh, maybe you need to learn some 3D animation stuff to create the game that's going that will then be featured on stage at the iPhone keynote. Um, or maybe you want to make a podcast like us and you want to learn Logic or maybe you want to learn GarageBand to help you do that. They even have courses that specifically for podcasting. Maybe you're interested in photography. They've got all that sort of stuff too. You name it, Linda has it. And we've worked out an awesome deal with lynda.com to provide you with access to all of their courses for free for seven days. Visit lynda.com slash connected to sign up right now. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash connected. Please support Linda as they are supporting us and it helps us continue to make the stuff that we love to make. Thank you so much to Linda for supporting Relay FM and Connected. So this week was another example of Apple sort of announcing, at least in the in the phone space, uh, basically what people expected. Um, there was even a joke about Oh, in case you don't know what their sizes are. Yeah, it's like if you don't um, know already, like <laughs> Yeah, wink wink. Yep. Um 
And, and that's sort of to be expected. And I think Apple having a sense of humor about that, at least on stage. I'm sure privately they, they don't find it funny. <laughs> Heads are rolling. Uh, yeah. But they I mean, can make someone booted it. one from like extra parts. Um, but so, so quickly, you know, 4.7 to 5.5 inches. Um, the specs are the same except battery life and the optical image stabilization, which we'll get, we'll get back to. Um, and I, for one, think it's really nice looking. Uh, Jason had a, had a picture on Twitter of, of the, the two phones with the original iPhone laying next to them. And it, it kind of harkens back to that with the curved edges. The, the backs are all aluminum. Um, I think they look really nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Apple has been, has been doing all the rounded edges thing with like the iPod Touch and the iPhone 5C. And actually, I think it looks more like uh, the latest uh, iPod touches more than the original iPhone, uh, yeah. But but I do see the point, right? And and I do think that that it's more comfortable to to hold, thanks to to the to the rounded edges, and you know it it, it looks more friendly as well, because the iPhone five and and before the iPhone four, you know, uh, with the, with the sharp edges, they always looked and felt a bit too. I guess sophisticated industrial is a feeling. Industrial, like yeah, yeah. The the rounded edges significantly help with the larger screens, too. It helps them sitting the hand a little bit more, and it makes it more comfortable. So when you're reaching, you're not getting like stabbed by a glass <laughs> corner. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds <laughs> silly, but it really does help. No, it's true, it's true, and and I try to. So I wanted to print, right? Uh, there's this uh, sort of paper mock-up of the... Uh, and Stephen, you link to, to this PDF too. Uh, you, you can print your own uh, iPhone 6 and iPhone 6 Plus and see what it looks like. And so last night at about 5 a.m. or maybe 6 a.m., I, I tried to print this PDF from... Uh, so I went to Stephen's website, right? And, uh, and, and I opened this PDF and I wanted to print it. And... And I was afraid that, that, you know, it was early morning and uh, the, the noise of the printer would wake people up. Like that, you know, somewhere yeah. in, the, in the back room. <laughs> exactly. So, um, Is I'm, that your I, mouth I, making that noise? Uh, I not say. So <laughs> I, I, I realized that I was out of ink. So I couldn't print the, 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 the paper thing. And so I went to Apple's website and there's the um, uh, compare uh, all the iPhones, right? There's a little web page that you can do a comparison. <laughs> and oh, it looks no. like the, the image at the top is a, a real-size screenshot, a real-size photo with all the iPhones. So I took my, my iPhone 5S <laughs> and I put it on the screen and, and I confirmed, no, hold on, and I confirmed that it was a real-size real, real iPhone. So I spent like 30 minutes at like 6 a.m. with my hand on the screen <laughs> trying, to, trying to, to figure out if the iPhone 6 Plus is too big for me. And so this morning, this morning I, opened, I opened my MacBook Air and I found all these smudges on the display. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you put your face on your screen at any point? No, just, like to just see? my full hand, right? And I just oh. I pretended to hold the phone. I even I even resized the Safari window to 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 like oh, put, it next to, put it next to the bezel and just hold it. Yeah, it was a. I don't know what I was doing. What did you honestly. learn from this? It's kind of big. Okay, <laughs> great. Thanks. Let's move on. <laughs> this is uh this is true pro blogging. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I did the same thing, and 
I have to say, I, I think the 4.7 is what's is the one for me. Um, and I guess we can we can move on into the display a yeah, little let's bit. Let's talk about them, and then we can talk about what we think it, what what okay. we're gonna get if okay. anything. So the they're using something called photo aligned pixels, which in the keynote they sort of gloss over, but apparently the screens look better. They're calling them Retina HD displays, which it's the same the six inch and the iPhone five or the excuse me the four point seven and the old four point inch Retina display is the same density. So I don't know HD is just sort of added to it because it's cool. Um, the big one is at 401 pixels per inch, so it's it's uh, it's nice and it's 1080, so it's 1920 by 1080. It's all of the pixels, basically. Just all, all, all of them. They're all, all in there. Two million, they're, apparently. So they said in the keynote that they're slightly curved, but I didn't see anybody really talking about that in the hands-on videos I watched. Yeah. So I don't know how aggressive that curve is. I assume it's super slight. Uh, I think so, too. Yeah. The but that's interesting. I think again, trying to make it, uh, trying to make it more, uh, more comfortable in the hand. Um, as someone just put in the show notes, Panic apparently is three D printing them so they can like hold them for real, which is sort of <laughs> awesome. Uh, so that, that'll be in the show notes. Um, Hair Force Ones is in the chat room. It's good to uh, know. I don't probably not the same guy. It's definitely, it definitely is. So can we talk about reachability for a second? Worst name, the worst name. Of anything ever. It's not as bad as continuity, (laughs) but so more or less, if you double tap on the the home button, is this on both iPhone six and six plus? I don't, I don't think it's just six plus. So if you double tap it, basically the whole UI slides down so you can easily push a button at the top of the screen. Um, Is it double tap or double touch? It's double touch. Double touch. Which is, yeah. Trying to explain, like, I, I have always struggled, like, when I was showing people Touch ID, like, just press your thing, finger on the home screen. Du-dunk. No, 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 don't, no, not Siri. Just, just press and, du-dunk. no, no, don't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really liking the sound effects today. I'm all about yeah. sound effects, clearly. I've, I've discovered this about myself. Yeah. You remember the movie Police Academy? Yeah. I face, yeah. I'm basically that guy. Yeah. You're like the, 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 the Apple beatboxer. <laughs> I am. I am. Beats boxer. And there were there were been a report out in the New York Times that Apple was going to have some sort of one handed mode, and apparently this is it, which is a lot better than what Samsung does, where they like cram it all in the corner. And I could see this being helpful. You know, Phil Schiller says, you know, not all apps support swipe gestures, and so it's if you need the back button, you can do it. I, I hope that this is one of those things that we sort of forget about, and you don't really need a lot of the time. But it is nice that it's there. No, that, that it will be difficult, right? So I've been I've been looking at some at some of our favorite applications. There are things that you will need to get to in in that top left or that top right, like Tweetbot, for example. There are important pieces of the navigation in the top left and top right. It's something that's needed because there just simply isn't enough space on the bottom. Well, there might be on the new one, but it, you're never going to get all of the important items that you need in the bottom. It's a it's a clever th- thing to have. Like, it's an inelegant solution. It's an ingenious inelegant solution to a real problem. Like, it's inelegant because it's weird, right? You're, the whole phone UI just slides down the screen. Like, that's just yeah. strange. But it's it's smart and and it will do the job. But it is maybe more displaying 
a, a baked in problem. It's highlighting a problem that exists via the solution itself. But it, so it I, definitely is. It's smart. I like it. I I have a few points, Mike. Yes, please. So um, I totally agree with you that it. Like at first, I was when I when I first saw the the, the screenshot, right? Um, I was hoping that it would turn out to be like running iPhone apps in compatibility mode on the iPad, like something that it's there. It's not elegant, but for some people it's necessary. And all the other, I mean, the majority of users have likely forgotten about that feature. But I agree with you when when you say that that it's an ingenious solution for a real problem because for as much as you try to to keep the controls at the bottom and use gestures, there are just you know some buttons and some pieces of the interface that you gotta keep at the mm-hmm. top of the display. So you gotta use something like reachability to 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 get to those buttons easily. And I also think that using the double touch on the on the on the home button is a is an interesting idea because it, I guess it opens up for for another kind of you know, another kind of control on iOS devices. Like right now we are using the, you know, the, the touch for touch ID. And now there's going to be double touch for reachability. But what about the iPad? Is it possible that, you know, there was a rumor about the iPad gaining, um, about the iPad gaining an, uh, split a, multitasking, a multitasking split screen yeah. uh, feature. So could it be, you know that maybe double touch is gonna be used to to split the screen in two and use uh, the app you're using and the most recent app from the multitasking tray at the same time. That could be an idea because I don't see you know there's not gonna be a reachability problem on the iPad. So Apple now has a new gesture, a new a new command essentially that's not used on the iPad. That and works. I I think that that's quite a smart idea. I think that that works in my brain. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, the last point is that I'm curious to see if in reachability mode, what happens to the status bar when you basically pull down an app to reach the top of the interface? Can you tap on the status bar while in reachability mode to scroll at least to the top like you can by tapping the status bar normally? That That's one of my questions and I look forward to, to the reviews uh, ne- next Tuesday or Wednesday. What is it that they that they will hit the interwebs. It, it's interesting too on the big phone that they're sort of doing landscape mode a little bit differently because when you turn that big phone sideways, uh, the home screen rotates like it does on the iPad and they're showing two up display like on the iPad. So on the phone in mail, you either see your list of messages or you see the messages themselves and the big phone sideways, um, you see, you see like you do like you do on the tablet. And I've really been like thinking thinking this over um because an app does not have to be universal to do this. You know, the new stuff in iOS 8 allows you to do this in just an iPhone app, but I do wonder what will happen overall with universal apps. Will, will this have an impact um does it make it does adaptive layout make it easier to make an iPad version of your UI and so people will just start doing universal apps because it's easier or is it less likely to do it? I'm just curious how that's going to play out. I think it'll be interesting to see over the next year uh, what happens there. But I do like that they are using that that extra display space for extra things like in landscape the six plus keyboard shows cut copy and paste commands. I think there's also a cursor selection. 
like cursor movement buttons. There's like yeah, a left I also, and right, right? Did you see that? I haven't seen anybody yes, mention that. I, I wanted to mention that because there are custom buttons to do stuff that, that are not enabled in third-party keyboards and in general to uh, allowed for third-party developers to, to access. And there was a tweet by uh, the Olezorn, the Pythonista and editorial guy today showing the all the buttons that, that Apple is putting in the in the keyboard for the iPhone 6 Plus. There's like... Uh, a cut feature which mm-hmm. you cannot access programmatically when you when you create a custom keyboard, and so there, there's going to be you know those are all feature that you know exclusive features to to Apple software that will become feature requests for iOS nine in a few yeah. months. I feel and like they couldn't have indicated that this was a possibility before now though, because it would have given it away. So maybe it right. will come sooner yeah. than that. Yeah. Yeah. And I do and also, think we'll see that on the iPad. I, I bet that in landscape on the iPad, the keyboards will uh, will pick this up. And and before I forget, or before the uh, chat room merges us, reachability is on both phones. Um, okay, great. So that's nice. Uh, about Real-time the follow up, right? That's right. So that so nice. About the iPad uh, layout, uh, I think it's just Apple is generally advising developers to uh, develop. A, you know, applications using adaptive layouts. So I don't think it's going to change the fact that they need to to create two separate apps and two separate designs. Apple is just saying use this new API to make sure that on the phone and on the iPad you can scale your design and layout according to new screen sizes. But I don't think that the fact that the, you, that you have an iPad app necessarily makes it easy. I guess it makes it easier from, from a... From a conceptual standpoint because you know how things should move on screen but from a technical perspective it's still two separate things and and also i mean of course there's a rumor about a larger ipad coming the ipad pro it's like 50 inches i don't know and (laughs) so maybe developers will will you know also on the ipad there will be an advantage in using these new adaptive uh layouts things when, when eventually there will be a new iPad with a display so big, Jim Master is going to scream in, in excitement. It, the, the, the size thing is, is, you know, I did the same thing you did. I, I printed them out, and um, my wife, for one, is not excited. I think um, Marco's wife, Tiffany, tweeted about this last night, too. Like, there's a lot of people who aren't excited about a bigger phone. And of course the cynic is like, Oh, well you get a big phone and leave it in your bag and your Apple watch says all this stuff. And it's, you know, it's I the 5.5 is too big for me. Uh, I'm going to go with the 4.7. And I think a lot of people will, but it, it is interesting to see some of this backlash that if you want a four inch phone, you have to buy an old one. And, and I understand that Apple's moving forward and uh, I don't begrudge them for that, but it is, you know, seeing some people feed, you know, people's feedback on that over the last 24 hours has been, has been pretty interesting to me. Well, my girlfriend is not going to buy a new iPhone because of the size. She thinks it's too big for her hands and, and she's gonna, she's gonna try to get a, a 5S and maybe it's, a, she's an accept, an exception. I don't think so. I do believe that there are lots of people who honestly just want the current four-inch iPhone, and maybe some people do want the old <laughs> iPhone four-sized iPhone, and they're not gonna get the the four 
the new 6 or 6 plus and it'll be interesting to see if this is a real problem if this is just some people and and maybe if these people will eventually upgrade because they just want the new iPhone and if next year Apple is going to Apple is going to release, after all, uh, a 4-inch iPhone that's a new iPhone. Because I, I was also thinking about, what if the problem is, from a, from a technological perspective, what if the problem is that they, they, they added all these new sensors, right? There's a, a new, new stuff for the, uh, to measure your um, pressure, uh, like yeah, the, bar- the barometer. barometer and, yeah. and there's all these other stuff, right? There's NFC. What if the problem is that they couldn't fit uh, all this new stuff in the current four-inch design? Strong chance. And, and what if next year they manage to to make it smaller and to figure out ways to make it fit into uh, the you know the case of the of the iPhone 5s? So next year there's gonna be three size three sizes, and people are gonna be happier and they're gonna upgrade to an iPhone 6s or iPhone 7 or whatever it's called. Yeah, I mean I think that they're going to do what they've always done there and that these phones, maybe just one of them becomes the old phone. I don't see them putting this technology in a four inch chassis. I think that, I think a lot of people would look at that and say, Oh, the big size didn't work. Apple's going backwards. And that's just not something they want to deal with. It's much easier just to say, well, keep making this phone and just sell it for a hundred dollars less. I think the five C will prove to be, uh, historically be an outlier in which they sort of had a quote new phone in that, in that middle price point. I wouldn't um, be surprised to see, uh, as we go into the future, the 5C become like the iPod Touch. So it's always there, even as the phones are bigger and bigger, uh, and they kind of just make very small upgrades to it every couple of years or something. So they always have it as an option for people that want it, and it just remains like a free option. Um, yeah, but, I mean, maybe it's new territory. Yeah. Right? They've never had new two top tier phones at the same time. So I think to a degree, any pattern could be up for disruption. So anything else we want to talk about in regards to the this sort of stuff? Or should I take a break now and then we talk about what we want to get, or what we think we're going to get? Yeah, the, the camera technology, you know, sort of the gains in this this year are really interesting. Using focus pixels for phase detection, Phil Schiller said it's a big deal, and it really is. It's it's DSLR technology in a mobile phone. Now, it's not to say it's a DSLR you know lens package with you know you have a lot of space between the glass and the sensor. Uh, it's not saying that it's going to compete with something you know that you could buy from Nikon or Canon for thousands of dollars. But I think Apple has gone after, and at this point, it's probably killed the point shoot market, and maybe even sort of like the low end. You know, sort of or mid-range, excuse me, uh, digital camera. It's it's really a uh, uh, impressive that they keep moving the bar every year on the on the camera. They had some other stuff too. Uh, 1080p at 60 frames per second is nice. Uh, Slow mo is now 240 frames per second. Like that video of the guy jump roping was crazy. Yeah, it was just yeah. um it, It's you know you're saying about how like. It's not DSLR, like, you know, that sort of quality, but it's moving towards it. The the crazy thing to me is every year, the iPhone camera continues to get better and better. Like, they continue to edge further and further into this field. Like, they add this thing, and they add this thing, and it makes it better in this way and this way. And the camera is one of the most interesting parts to me of, of the way that they iterate the phone. 
because it always it just gets better every single time. Not not everything else does, but every time they release an iPhone, the camera gets better in some way. Like I just see that like the, the advancements that they're making to me. I mean, I'm not that in, like entrenched in the this in like the camera industry, but surely it feels like they're making steps faster than the camera industry is moving, and so it's bringing that the distance between them closer and closer together. It's interesting to me that they they always say that uh, music is very important in Apple's DNA, but they never make the speakers better on the iPhone. Because I, I mean, <laughs> I, it's a great point. I mean, there there are gonna be people upset at me for saying this, but occasionally I do listen to music on the iPhone speakers because I, I don't have time to go find my headphones. I'm not Marco Arment. I don't have you know uh, Amps. all the all this stuff in my house for listening to music and so sometimes I, I just listen with the iphone and it's it's never every year it's never better and so it, i agree with you mike it's it's impressive what they do with the camera uh i i wish that they would do the same with the speakers i wouldn't be surprised if we see something in the next phone um because of beats because yeah. all of those really cool HTC speakers, you know, like the dual yeah. stereo, they were like they were Beats speakers, like, and and they were good. I, I've I actually played around with one of those, like the, where the, the the speaker on the top and the bottom of the phone. I'm not saying they're going to do that, but like the speaker technology may get better. We'll yeah. see. I would like it to personally because I'm the same as you. I, I have a Jambox that I use quite a lot, but there are times when I haven't got that with me, and I'm at home, and maybe I'm cooking dinner or something. Exactly. I listen to even just podcasts, but I would love the quality to be better. So. Plus, Beats uh, as an official, you know, feature, it would be a huge marketing boost. Mm -hmm. I guess it definitely would. Yeah, because that's why HTC did it. Uh, that including Beats Audio is a great big tick on the marketing plan. Yeah. This episode of Connected is also brought to you by our friends at Studio Neat. And today I want to talk a little bit about the Glyph. We've just been talking about how smartphone cameras are incredible and they're just getting better all the time. Well, the Glyph is an accessory for your phone that will allow you to take incredible images every time too. It allows you to do cool stuff like stop motion, slow motion, time lapse and hyperlapse with the greatest of ease. The Glyph is a smartphone accessory with two primary functions. It's mounting your phone onto a tripod and propping your phone up at various angles. With the Glyph, you can mount your phone onto any stand that has a universal tripod thread built in, and it acts as a kickstand also, so you can prop up your phone to watch movies on the plane, if that's something that you want to do. The Glyph is built with industrial-grade materials in the US, so there are no springs to wear out and it is rock solid. It also fits snugly into your pocket and is about the size of a stick of gum. In its third generation, the Glyph is now adjustable so it can fit any smartphone at all. I have one model, you have an Android phone, maybe you have an iPhone 6 or 6 Plus, maybe you have an iPhone 4. You can just adjust it very easily and it will fit and keep your phone sturdy so you're able to fix it on, mount it into that tripod and start snapping. You can get a Glyph, put your new iPhone in it, and it easily record awesome 240 frame per second slow-mo video. Maybe you want to capture some burst selfies or some stunning images with the new cameras. Anything you want to do with your camera on your phone, the Glyph is going to help you do that. It allows you to use your phone to its fullest extent. Everything from recording YouTube videos of yourself, talking about your cat, 
to recording long-time lapses of Italian beaches. Or maybe you just want to have a handy companion for when you're on long flights for when you want to watch a movie. The glyph is so useful that Apple's actually included it in one of their own videos of people using their phones to do great things. Now that is a stamp of approval. We've got an awesome deal for listeners of Connected. Head on over to studioneat.com and enter the promo code CONNECTED to get 10% off anything that you buy at Studio Neat. As well as the Glyph, they have a bunch of other awesome products that I love, like the Neat Ice Kit, the Cosmonaut, and more. Go find out about them now and buy them all. I would like to thank Studio Neat for their support of Connected and Relay FM. Go support them by going to studioneat.com. So, what are we going to buy? Who wants to go first? I think Federico's will be the most interesting. So should hmm. you go first? Yes. Okay. Teach, tell us all about it. Yeah. So here's what I've been thinking. Um, so for the past two years, I've been using an iPad mini and, of course, an iPhone. And I, I wrote about the reason why I chose the iPad mini is because it lets me use the iPad more because it's so light and so thin that I can type in portrait mode because I'm not afraid of thumb typing. And I just prefer the form factor of the iPad mini. So yesterday I was looking at these new phones and as I told you guys, I, I did the, the, the MacBook Air screen uh, test with my hand. And, and, and I think I'm going with the iPhone 6 Plus and the the new uh, 64 gig model because I'm not going to go with 16 gigabytes of storage ever again and my reasoning is that my hand is big enough to handle that kind of display and I realized that most of the time when I'm using my iPhone I don't necessarily need uh, one-handed usage all the time. There were, uh, in the past two years, uh, you know, occasions in which I needed the one-handed operation, uh, you know, when I couldn't use my arms. And hopefully there's not going to be any more of that. And so, especially after seeing the, the, you know, the custom interfaces in, in landscape, on, on the iPhone 6 Plus, it looks like an, an iPad mini mini in a way. And <laughs> so my idea was that I could, I could get the iPhone 6 Plus at, you know, 64 gigs of storage. That would be effectively a super portable iPad mini and also a phone. And for the iPad, because I do like, you know, I do love the iPad, uh, I could get an iPad Air and, well, if it's still called the iPad Air, not the pro, not the, the you know the fifty inch model that's coming out. Um, you know the the ten inch iPad. So go back to to the roots of my iPad history and get a regular iPad and you know uh, turn it uh, officially into my portable uh, computer and 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 see what happens. And worst case scenario, next year I'm gonna get you know like an iPhone five C <laughs> and go back to the iPad Mini. I'm not going to go back to the iPhone 5C, by the way. It's just a joke. Bad joke. Anything, and, anything's possible, buddy. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. I should, I should get, like, um, one of those um, Android phones for uh, people obsessed with privacy, like the black phone. You guys ever, ever seen a black phone? Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a black, a black 
brick with no features. I don't know. I, I think I'm going to go with the iPhone 6 Plus, see what happens, use it as an iPad mini slash iPhone, get a bigger iPad, and, you know, and, and give Apple a lot of money, of course, <laughs> <laughs> because that stuff is going to be expensive. I mean, you know, in euros, um, the iPhone that I want to get, it's over 900 euros, which for you American people, it means that I'm buying a phone that it's going to cost me $1,200. What configuration are you getting? iPhone 6 Plus. In what mid- size? 64 gig. What the hell is happening in Italy? <laughs> <laughs> what? It's 949 <laughs> euros. Wow. Do, do the conversion yourself. No, I agree. Uh, it's But that's... Okay, because I'm, I'll jump ahead. That's what I'm getting. But Hold on, either I'm drunk or, or you know, it's I was way drunk cheaper. I saw... It's 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 six hundred and ninety nine pounds, which is like eleven hundred dollars. Hold on, I'm checking again. You know, just to make sure. iPhone six plus starts at eight hundred and thirty nine dollars. Oh, euros. The model that I that I want to get. So space gray, sixty four gig. 949 euros. That is off, insane. Off contract. Yeah, but I'm off looking contract. off contract too. So yeah. off contract, iPhone 6 Plus starts at 619 pounds, 699 pounds for the 64 gigabyte. Federico, that is insane. What yeah, is look, in the, look in the chat room for prices around the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this 6 is, Plus this is in awful. Norway is a $1,200. Yeah, which is what it is for me. So, so Mike and Federico, you're both doing the plus, yeah. So, four gig. Uh, my my sort of thinking is is quite is quite similar to Federico. Like, I'm really intrigued by the semi iPad interface because I use my phone so much. I like the idea of of being able to to turn, turn it on its side and, and get more out of it. Like, the keyboard stuff is really interesting to me. Like, I like the idea of it. I I do like having a larger screen in general. I don't know if I'm gonna like a screen this big. I saw a relative today who has a six inch phone Mm -hmm. and it was okay to hold like it wasn't the best thing ever but it was fine it was definitely usable um there's definitely more two-handed use than one-handed use but one-handed use is possible um i am a little bit concerned that developers won't take full advantage of the the six plus like i'm worried that developers probably won't a lot of developers won't buy it because it's been getting a bit of like, oh, why would you buy that kind of phone? So I'm concerned that people won't take full advantage of it. That is a con- So I'm hoping that the device sells really well so it forces people into doing it. Because uh, I think that's some of the problem that we've seen with the iPad recently, right? People are stopping to use it. Right. Um, I And obviously, I want higher battery life. Yeah. So, well, yeah, thanks for mentioning that. Yeah. I want higher battery life. This phone promises that. However, if it doesn't give me the amount that I need, I cannot put a Mophie case on this because it will be too big. <laughs> so It's going to be like a skateboard in your hand. <laughs> yeah, it, would, it will be insane. I will need someone uh, else to come around with me to carry my phone for me. You would need a license for that. So, so basically, this is, my, this is my thinking. I'm... I already have one of those Mophie juice packs, and I figured that in my in the best case scenario, I would need that in emergencies, 
but not every day like I currently use with my um like I mean like the Mophie brick right I have one of those but I also have the Mophie case on my phone right. I need the Mophie case on my phone for my phone to just be operational for a whole day with the amount the amount that I use it but I'm hoping that my phone will get me through most of the day you know maybe one charge at lunch or something or when I'm sitting at my desk for a bit which is fine um and then, you know, if I'm out somewhere then or I'm traveling, then I can use, I can rely on the, the little mopey brick. So what I figured I'm going to do is I'm not sure if I can use the uh, the screen. I don't know how, how great that's going to be. I don't know how, how the battery is going to be for me. But I have 14 days in which I can return it. It's true. So that's what I'm going to do. I plan to, I'm going to get the 6 Plus. So what are you going to do with your iPad? Because you have a mini. Yeah, right? so that's the other thing. I don't know there. Like, in theory, in my mind, I won't need an iPad anymore because they're so close. Like, really. there's. The, the, I think the difference there is it actually ends up not being that much. Um, I can type with two hands on the iPad mini. I don't know if we had to do that on the iPhone. Who knows? Um, there's all these questions. I don't know what I would do iPad-wise. I, I, I wouldn't... I don't think I'd ever want an iPad Air. I don't like it. I think it's too big. Um, and, and I think it would be strange to have both a Mini and the 6 Plus. But we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I, I'm, I am very intrigued by this, by this phone. But it may be that I go two weeks and it's just not the one for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Should, I should say that I'm not sure. I'm, I may change my mind. Especially because of the money, you know. But like the other I mean, thing to say about the Mophie, sorry, Federico, is, is a 4.7-inch phone with a Mophie is also too big. Yeah. Why don't you use uh, an external battery pack? I not, do. Not, not a case. I do, but I, I mean, I have one, but I'm like out and about and on the go, like walking around and doing mm. things. Mm -hmm. So it just sits in this case. Like, I don't want to be carrying around this brick and yeah. cable. And putting that in my pocket, like yeah, you know, you know why I use it? It's because I drive a car. There you go. And I have room for 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 the cable and everything. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, the second I, I'm in my car and I use Bluetooth audio, uh, but I still have a uh, a lightning cable in the car, so I can charge. You know, the second that I'm in there. Um. So you guys are both doing at this point six plus. Maybe. Mike, yeah. Maybe. Mike doesn't know what he's doing with his iPad. Federico is thinking about a bigger iPad. Um, so I have the iPhone 5. I did not upgrade to the 5S. And I have the iPad Air. My plan is to do the 6, the uh, 4.7-inch phone. The The battery life is tempting. It's not drastic. If it was you know, several hours more instead of one or two hours more, I think it would be more tempting. And the optical image stabilization is tempting, but I think... Going from the five to the six will be a nice enough improvement on the camera that that I'll be okay. So, so my plan is to do the sixty-four gig uh, iPhone six, the not the plus, and uh, I'm going to pre-order uh, Friday morning. Yeah, I'll, I'll be pre-ordering. Yeah, I'm of course, of course. In Italy, we gotta wait a week. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. It's oh, sorry, out. Man. It's out on the twenty-sixth. Yeah. I'm. I'm hoping that. I'll be pre-ordering and then I'm going to be in Italy and Federico refuses to come and meet me. Uh, <laughs> oh, so that's me now? <laughs> I have wow. no idea what you're talking about. When I get home from Italia, uh, hopefully there'll be a phone <laughs> waiting for me. But Dude, we'll yeah. they're supposed to deliver 
uh, the phone in the U.S. is supposed to ship like September 18th or 19th, which is right when we're having our baby. And so it's, uh, I could like super slow mo the birth if it's in time. <laughs> you know, you know, this not. phone is li- this phone is likely gonna be ba- bigger than your baby. <laughs> it's true. I don't know. We've had pretty big babies in the past, so we'll see. Um, so we should talk about payments. Uh, we should. We should hold this a bit because there's. I have like a million things to say. I think it. We should maybe just top level it and then come back to it. So okay. basically, Apple did exactly what I expected. Um, NFC. They have uh, this secure enclave thing. It's not an Apple thing. Like it's a standard thing for banks to allow you to to use NFC for their payments to be a third party. You have to have something that is called a secure enclave in the phones. This could be another reason why Apple haven't done it right now because it was another thing they had to put in the phone. It's like a separate chip, um, and it, I think it interacts with the SIM card in some way because you you typically typically with with other in other. Uh, institutions or other examples of this uh, you you register your phone number with your bank as well which ena- helps enable this sort of transaction i don't know if apple are doing that it might just be using an apple id type scenario with that um there's a lot of interesting stuff here um the fact that they're us only is kind of expected but i think was is not the right place to do it um it's yeah, as I said before, that the, the Europe is much more it has the infrastructure in place already to deal with this. Um, Apple is having to probably strong arm a lot of these companies and like help them along in getting this done. But in, obviously, obviously, it's the only place they would do it. Why would they do it anywhere else to start with? Um, I love these conversations. I love on slides. We're like, and we're hoping to work with. They, they've not spoken to any bank outside the United States of America. <laughs> no. They haven't, and, and now they're just hoping that the other banks will will come knocking. Um, but Apple will have to court everyone on this because these are huge financial institutions. It is exactly everything that you would want. I haven't seen um, payment limits yet. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're out, but in theory, you should be if your bank permits, you should be able to do transactions of multiple hundreds of dollars with this because of the added security of Touch ID. So that's a really interesting idea. Typically, these these sort of contactless payments, as they're called in in Europe and other places, um, is for small amounts. Um, right. But because Apple is using this like it is a second factor authentication method uh, by having the, the the Touch ID sensor involved that you should be able to do larger amounts. It's super interesting, but the I think we're not going to see the ramifications of this in the US for some time because this there it is select retailers, some weird retailers that don't seem to fit Apple like McDonald's. Strange. I was surprised we didn't see Starbucks. In there. So it was on one slide, but not on the other. Uh, okay. I don't know what the, the deal was with that. Right, okay. Um, but more so than that, like I bank with a small local credit union that like Never is not they barely have online banking. They're not gonna do this. Yep. And so for me, like yes, like our business, you know, my business account is at a big bank, but my, my personal one is not. And so there's some confusion to me. They say if your debit card is in iTunes, you can use it, but if your bank doesn't allow it, can you use it? There's a lot of gray area. I think um, the debit card in iTunes part is for like in-app purchases with Apple Pay. 
as opposed to card transactions via NFC with Apple Pay. They are two separate things. Yeah. I don't know. So we're going to keep an eye on it. Um, And I'm sure we will revisit. One of those things, we're going to change the world and then there's a little asterisk and the asterisk says US only. Yeah, we're going to change the world one country at a time. Yeah, It's really hard for me to care at this point. I mean, it's super fascinating. It's just, you know... In America. Like, I want this so bad you you can't even understand. Yeah. Like, it, this is a feature that I really want because I, uh, I love the contactless technology. Like, there is so many things that can be done with this. And, and also, including NFC in the phones is a big deal. And there could be so many things Apple could do with that, like with HomeKit, which uh, we don't know if that's going to be opened up at any point. But like home care and handoff and continuity, NFC could play a big role in that in the future. Yeah, it, it is interesting that the payments are opened to third parties. They showed Uber, Target, a couple others. Um, so that, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, but I do, you know, I do fear that it will be sort of a, a, a niche market. Yeah. Um, but you know, we we will see. You know, it's hard. It's hard to gauge this sort of thing. Is this going to be? something that really makes a difference or is it going to be something that's sort of just like, oh, I use it in the Apple store and a Whole Foods, but most of the time it doesn't impact my life. So this is the thing. It would be used in Europe. It, yeah. it would. Like, I know it would, and it's a it's a big thing here. It so. wouldn't be used in Viterbo, but maybe in Europe it would be used. <laughs> will people finally start caring about Passbook thanks to this? Is it even Passbook, though? It's Passbook. It is. It is. It's in Passbook, right? Yeah. yeah. Cool. cool. There's a I, new, I thought there's that a there new... might have been an Apple Pay app. I, I didn't no. recall that. There's a new uh, there's a new icon for Passbook too. It's like mm-hmm. a new design. Yeah. Right, let's take a break because I spent more time on that than I said I was going to. <laughs> I really care about this guys. I think I'm the only person. You really care about money. So. Me and me and Eddie Q, like we really we really <laughs> care about this. Nice shirt, Eddie. Okay, so let's take a break to thank our third and final sponsor for this week's episode, and that is our friends at Igloo, an intranet you'll actually like. Igloo is built with easy-to-use integrated apps like shared calendars, Twitter-like microblogs, file sharing, task management, and so much more. With Igloo, you can work better together with your co-workers. You're easily able to co-author documents, share status updates about what the cake's like in the conference room, and manage your projects all in one place. When someone makes changes to an item in Igloo, notifications are sent in the way that you choose, and a complete version history is always maintained, which keeps everyone in sync. This makes sure that you're connected and in touch with things, but it also gives you protection in case Bob in Accounts accidentally deletes that GIF from your presentation. Just this past week, Gartner released their famed report. This is amazing, guys. It's called The Magic Quadrant for Social Software in the Workplace. Amazing. This, it sounds fantastic. And Igloo <laughs> appears on this report for the sixth consecutive year alongside huge companies like Microsoft, IBM, Google, and SAP. In a report that actually values the size of the vendor, which in Gartner terms is known as viability, Igloo is praised for their responsiveness and customer experience. I would like to read you an excerpt from Gartner's profile of Igloo. Feedback from Igloo's reference customers was consistently positive. They praised the product's quick development, configuration, and customization flexibility with self-service options for non-technical users, control over branding and information, organization, and ease of use. They also praised the responsiveness of Igloo as an organization. 
What more do you need than that? If your company has a legacy intranet built on SharePoint or old portal technology, you should be giving Igloo a try. Or if you want to stay connected with the people that work in your small business, you should be doing it. It's free to use for up to 10 people, and you can sign up right now at igloosoftware.com connected. Thank you so much to Igloo for their fantastic and continued support of this show and all of Relay FM. So the, time, the time has come. We've got to talk about one more thing. The wearable. Mm-hmm. So, Federico, bre- break this down. Tell us how it is. So Apple announced a watch, and it's not called the iWatch, it's called Apple Watch. And it comes in three different models, uh, the Apple Watch, the Apple Watch Sport, and the Apple Watch Edition, which is going, uh, is going to be the most expensive version. Uh, each uh, model has two sizes. Um, I assume one is a women's model, the other is a standard model for, you know, larger hands. That was at least my assumption. And um, it's a watch, basically. It's a, it's a, it's clearly an. It's not a, a a device made for tech geeks necessarily. It's a very fashionable item. Um, Apple spent a lot of uh, efforts on both on the website and in the in the product videos, um, talking about the effort of making. A smart. They they never said smartwatch, right? Because that's the the term that we use to define to, to describe these kind of devices. They 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 wanted to highlight how they spent so much time trying to make a fine timepiece that builds on the tradition of tradition of you know watchmaking, and combine that with features from the watch OS which, according to Apple, is a, an iOS-based uh, operating system for the watch. And so they, they, they try to really highlight how the Apple Watch uh, wants to be a regular watch that you want to buy and that you want to wear and that you want to use as some kind of statement, right? Because fashion is about statement and taste and luxury, maybe, in a way. And... But also the kind of watch that helps you uh, take advantage of your time to you know to 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 manage time in a better way uh, to to and to have an active lifestyle and to be in shape and to have a better connection with your iPhone. So Apple used the. I went to to the Apple PR website and and I went looking for the original press release for the first iPhone, and Apple used the. Uh, the title Apple reinvents the phone with iPhone and instead with the Apple Watch Apple is saying the most personal device ever uh, we ever made and that's another big um, another big point from Apple is that they're trying to push the the Apple Watch not only as a, a fashionable object which which it totally is because it's made from premium materials and there are gonna there's gonna be uh, aluminum models, there's going to be stainless steel, there's going to be 18 uh, straps and bands designed and crafted by Apple, and there's going to be a gold uh, a gold option and it is a fine object and a, and a, and a, and a great looking in my opinion um, timepiece but Apple is also trying to say that because it's on your wrist and because you wear the Apple Watch uh, 
we can make the software more personal by by looking at stuff like your heart rate uh, because we have sensors and because we can use that in in some for some kind of software features that we're going to talk about in, in a few minutes and so to my surprise uh i have a lot of questions and doubts about the apple watch right because we we talked about this before a lot um and i think the the product that we saw yesterday is kind of in the middle of what mike was arguing and what i was arguing I completely and it, agree, and I'm so happy you see it that way. Yeah, I think it's kind of in the middle. Yeah, I think we saw that there's a there's a little spark of an idea of using sensors to make regular software more personal, but we didn't see much of that. We did see a lot of fashion, which is exactly what we were saying last year, or actually a few months ago, and. We also saw a lot of traditional smartwatch features that Mike was saying there, there, there's going to be a lot of those. And, and I didn't think that Apple would do, you know, all, I mean, basically, uh, I think Ben Thompson counted the number of apps shown in the screenshots and demo videos. Apple showed 64 apps yeah, that was for that, the Apple Watch. That interface looks insane. It yes. looks good. But I don't even know if I'm going to know where to start. Like, they had one app, which was a stopwatch, and then an app next to it that was a timer. You could put those in one. Like, yes. you don't need separate yeah. apps for the stopwatch and the timer. Apple, Apple is saying that all these apps are, are <laughs> meant for light, uh, lightweight, lightweight functionalities and, and simple interactions. So I think that what we saw yesterday is a, a kind of middle ground between, you know, what Mike was saying, there's going to be a smartwatch with all these notification features because I want to get stuff from my phone to my wrist because it's quicker, because it's easier, and because it's more convenient in some situations. But there's also a, a strong health and fitness-related aspect. And there is this idea, right, of using sensors and, and, and feedback on your skin to make these apps behave in a different way than what we're used to with phones. But I think we'll, we'll, we'll have to wait and see if Apple is going to do more of that if there is you know, stuff that we haven't seen yesterday because the Apple Watch doesn't ship until early next year. And so um, I have a, a lot of doubts and questions and, and I wasn't expecting Apple to do this kind of new product that does a lot of things. It, it's not the kind of product that you expect from Apple because I, you know, we're, we're used to imagining that Apple does a very basic and simple thing and with time it gains more features like iOS, for instance, or like the iPhone. And instead, this looks like a new product and I don't know what to think. I don't know it because the, 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 you know, the cynical part of me wants to say Apple couldn't decide, so they just added everything. And the other part says maybe Apple now has the expertise after all these years of iOS and they know all people are eventually are going to want all these features. So they're going to start, you know, from the first version with all this stuff. And I don't know what to think right now. I think there's it is interesting that Apple is investing so much on the fashion component and on the on the materials, on the design, on the machinery used to 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 you know to create the, uh, the 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 bands and the straps, and 
it is going to be interesting to see with you know apps and sensors the kind of access that developers gain to information about your body basically about your movement and if this is going to play out as a fancier Apple-like traditional smartwatch or if there's going to be at one point after at some point after the you know uh, the release there's going to be you know the kind of surprise the kind of app and the kind of API that that says okay this is different and I need this and yeah. so I have a lot of thoughts but I just uh, I'll let you guys continue because <laughs> this is this is too much for me <laughs> yeah the so from a functionality standpoint you know that, that was something that we argued about with uh, smartwatches with the Pebble uh, back on the prompt and I, I would say that you could split the functionality of the Apple Watch right the middle you have sort of smartwatch air quote things like notifications and apps and sort of the weird messaging which is like I don't want to send anyone my heartbeat but whatever um, and I think on all of that stuff, I think they're doing a nice job, but I don't know if it's a drastically different thing than what Android Wear is doing, right? It's all this like basic glanceable information, but you still need your smartphone to respond to an email. Mm-hmm. Where oh, I you do could think, use Siri. Yeah, which, which is like is, Siri mm-hmm. barely works on my phone. Mm-hmm. I, I don't uh, when you sit on a watch. I say that now. Um, where I think they have moved the needle is on the fitness side of things. And there's been a lot of people, I talk in my office at work, a lot of people on Twitter complain that it doesn't have its own GPS. So I can't, if I go for a run, I have to take my phone with me if I, if I want to track where I've gone. And that's obvious, like 2.0 or 3.0 hardware feature. But I think Apple bringing fitness stuff to the masses is really interesting. Tim Cook said on stage, he said, this is important to me and it's important to Apple. And that that's another thing where like, like the one more thing comment, this is very clearly Tim Cook's product. And, you know, there's a lot of details that are still missing clearly. But the fact that this thing not only tracks steps and heart rate and all that stuff, just like the Fitbit or, uh, you know, the Samsung watch or, or any other thing, um, I think where Apple is going to make a difference is sort of the coaching and sort of the, hey, let's um, let's get you moving a little bit more, you know, giving suggestions. And, and I know uh, I spoke to somebody today actually with the Jawbone Up 24 and the, the Jawbone app does some of that. But I think Apple's going to make it really easy. And I think that, like, when I think of the watch, that so far, I mean, it's only 24 hours later, but my brain goes to the fitness stuff first and the I, I sort of uh, view the notification and app stuff almost as secondary and and whether that is how it pans out in practice i don't know i but think, I think it's, it's pretty a clear preference because i see it maybe the opposite way yeah i'm with steven i totally agree i think that uh the recommendations and the suggestions are gonna be a huge uh feature especially because i mean it's fine when you get all these charts and little graphs in the health application on the phone and other uh, stuff like the job on app you know but when you get a, a simple message like you know walk more or try to take a break right uh, don't just sit all day in front of your computer 
you know, this kind of, and, and plus Apple is saying that the, that the watch is going to learn over time from your habits and try to get better with the suggestions. I think that's a powerful message, right? The coaching and, the, you know, we, you can wear this device and with time it gets better because it learns from you. And it's not just a pretty graph with, you know, progress. Uh, that's, a, that's a powerful feature, I think. Do you guys, did you guys find in the demo, um, like the possibility for confusion around what you do with touch and oh. when you use the crown? So I have, I have, um, I have one, one problem that I have is like when they, when Tim started talking about this, he's like, we don't want you touching the screen and hiding the screen. And then like 10 minutes later, like, and then you swipe and then you tap and it, mm. there, there seems like the amount of input methods. So you can tap it, you can swipe it, you can force tap it, you can speak to it and you can use the digital crown, which can zoom yeah. or it can scroll or you it's can basically, click it. It's basically no, like there's no two finger gestures. Yeah. I don't think. Uh, it I, is think I think there is one. I think actually, let me, let me check. You I think there is, a, there is a two finger gesture, I think. There is two. I think you could, I think you would get used to it. And I'm sure that over time you would understand what things do. But it seems like there are too many input methods. Steven, do you want to know what the two-finger gesture is used for? Yes. To send your heartbeat to someone else. Oh, my God. <laughs> that heartbeat thing, by the way. Why? I think I think it's super cute. And it's yeah. very, very sweet. And I look at it and I'm like, that is a lovely thing to do. You know what's but- not sweet? Creepy 3D emoji. No, um, yeah, okay. That was a bit weird. The hands, <laughs> yeah. hands freak me out so much. But... There's only one person in the world that I want to send my heartbeat to. Me. And it's Stephen. And I'm no it, it's it's my girlfriend. And I, I, I don't I, think that she's necessarily going to want to buy one of these. So then for a, sec- goes, for a second I thought you were gonna say Eric Schmidt. I mean I would send it to Eric he ar- Schmidt. He already has it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um but like so I was thinking like all of this stuff, like these little, uh, the drawing things and stuff like that, it's, it's a really nice, I like it. I think it's very, it's very nice. But there aren't a lot of people in the world that I would want to send that sort of stuff to. I think it'd be kind of weird if I sent Stephen a little like heart that I drew out on my phone. Like I feel like I would use it completely like ironically. Yeah, well, and and there's the whole thing Brian Hamilton brings up in the chat is, so in the demo, um, he's like, I drew three blue circles, and we just know that that's code for what are you going to do for lunch? And again, like, just send a, very him a text inti- message. Yeah, well, it's a very <laughs> intimate thing, right? Like, uh, I'm sure you guys with your significant others have a shorthand, yep. right? Of of in jokes or references, and I I get what they're trying to do, and I can even get behind most of it. Um, but it it's it's a, obviously a new thing, and I don't know, like how like is that going to just be cheesy in real life, or is it going to be sweet? I I don't know. It's it's clearly too early to tell. But I would like I would like to try it, but I don't I I don't think it has like they have like when they brought up that little you press the button it shows all the faces like twelve people. I don't have twelve people. I want to send my heartbeat to. I, I, it just doesn't exist, and and even if I do, I'm sure those twelve people won't all own one of these devices. But anyway, um, 
I'm I am very excited about this watch because it's it's basically everything that I wanted. Right? It does some extra things that are really cool, but I wanted the Android Wear made by Apple. So it gives me all of that information. I mean, that's the key thing for me is the information. And it also will have apps that will allow you to do some some extra things. That's exactly what I wanted. And it's made with Apple design and it looks fantastic. The, that That's what, you know, and, and that's, yeah. that, that was what I've been asking for for the last few months and what me and Federico have been screaming at each other about. Um, it's... Which makes the day feel very anticlimactic. There's not, there's been no yelling about this. Yeah, it's weird. There's nothing to yell about. Like originally, I was like, I'm gonna go in there and I'm gonna say, "See, Federico, I told you." But then the more that I thought about it, it's like it is close to 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 what Federico was saying in that it's it's done differently and it's it is more refined. Apple, I would say that they have not doing they're not doing anything that. I mean, everybody was saying it's gonna there's gonna be this unexpected thing that we can't even think about. I don't think we got that. The only thing we didn't know is sending our heartbeat to each other, and I don't think that that is this amazing thing that everyone was wishing for. Uh, I think if I, I'm just going to go on with other things that I think about now. Uh, the watch faces, on the whole, I don't think look very good. Um, there and it seems like so I'm on there on the Apple.com slash watch slash design, and there's like. I don't know, like 15 or so watch faces. And, and in the video, it shows that you can like change what they are. You can mix and match a little bit. Um, I do not like the one that's a butterfly, but yep. I don't know. It looked okay. I'm really curious how the screen itself looks. Like they, they did not give the resolution of the screen, I don't believe. Yep. Um, I agree that I think like on the talk show they were talking about it. I don't want a smartwatch like I want a digital, like a, a a smart display, like one that shows me the upcoming, you know, alarm or sunset. Like I, I don't want just a, a watch face on. Which something is what like they're this. showing, like an analog watch face. Which is, yeah, there's one that's got Mickey Mouse hands going. Oh, around. I know, like that. You're really you're, you're going to show me like six, and that's one of them. But, yeah, hmm. I think that was that was one of the watch faces on the iPod Nano from 2010. It was. It was. They also had like yeah. Kermit. And, yeah. And so Kermit one of awesome. the. One of the interesting uh, things that I'm that I'm thinking about a lot is kind of the new dimension that the sensors on the on, on the watch add for iPhone developers. So I, I was I was considering right, you have this new heart rate sensor thing going on, and there's going to be a watch kit API to you know to make um, apps for the watch. And there's a post by Greg Pierce, the drafts and um, terminology developer. And he's arguing that, in his opinion, uh, watch apps are going to be like extensions. They're going to be bundled inside iPhone or iPad apps. And you can just transfer them to the watch. And, and I think that's, that's a good point, but we don't know that right now. But my point is, is iPhone developers like Apple is doing with the, with the activity and fitness apps they should be able to access information collected on the watch and use it in some way on the iPhone. So I was thinking about the art, the heartbeat, and what if, and I'm just you know thinking out loud basically. What if you're watching a you're you're playing a horror game and the game can adjust the kind of you know 
like the monsters that they show you based on the level of your heartbeat. Or what if, you know, all these other apps, they can track your heartbeat and, and activity and do, you know, and do other... I'm, I don't know, I think there is, there is an idea, maybe, about this new... about software that it's not necessarily fitness-related, but they can take advantage of your body and, and of these sensors in, the, in new ways. And I'm hoping that by the final release, we will see these kind of ideas. Because otherwise, it seems like wasted potential, right? To, to just have a sensor and use it for, you know, messaging. And, and of course, the, the, the fitness tracking, but that's another point. And so maybe developers will come up with ideas. Maybe Apple is already working on these ideas and they didn't show all this stuff they were working on yesterday. But I think it, it's, it's an interesting... There is potential, right, about doing different stuff that's not, you know, sending my heartbeat to Steven or running. Because, by the way, I cannot run for my, you know. That's another story, but I, I, I kind of wish I, I'll be able to do more. What about the price? <laughs> it's going to cost you a lot of money, the gold option. So I'm, yeah, starting, I'm curious to where the, the yeah, top level is. <laughs> starting at 350 Personally, I would have liked to have seen it start at 299 I think I think crossing that three hundred threshold. I mean, yes, I I understand that a watch watches are expensive and they are luxury items, and this is made out of fantastic materials. I get all of that. It is still a consumer electronic, and for five hundred dollars, we'll buy you an iPad. Yeah, that is, and I know that with Apple products, you can never put them side by side on price because it all starts to get crazy. But it's still a three hundred and fifty dollar accessory for an iPhone. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. what it is because it doesn't work on its own. Uh, yeah, is my so assumption in any way. I, I disagree with you already. Okay, please <laughs> so I guess we tell found a new. I disagree because, I mean, if you look at the at the website and if you look at the marketing material, no, no, Apple no. is what Apple, Apple is not... no, no, Federico. What Apple is is saying it is is one thing like apple is saying it's fashion right yeah but it is a consumer electronics item it is i, I it, don't think they want to sell that as a device of course they don't want to sell it that way because they want it to be a fashion item but it yeah. is a consumer electronic item because it yeah. you can dress it up right with with fancy bands but it is a tiny computer that you wear on your wrist it's not their stuff it's 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 a combination of those two things. Uh, it's I not like a display with stuff around and no, it just happens please, to be I'm not, I'm not trying to downplay because I think it looks fantastic. When I say dress it up, I, I don't mean it. I can see the incredible work that's gone into it. But it's still Apple selling it and Apple is a consumer electronics company. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be expensive. It is expensive. That's my, my point. I don't think it should be as expensive. I think it's a case of $50 in it, right, for me. I think that you just you, you keep the base under 300 and then people can choose whatever they want. One thing I'd also love to see, I would love to see Apple open the ability for fashion companies to make straps for it. I don't think only Apple should be making the straps. Just a, just a yeah. thought. I mean, they maybe could open it up. It is yeah. very clever. You know, one thing you could do, you know, you could buy the, you know, if I, if I were to buy one, you know, I like the sport version in the dark um 
the space gray aluminum. But you know, you can change the watch face and change the band and it has a very different look mm-hmm. and you can make it colorful and bright or you can make it sort of subdued. You know, one thing I really like about the the watch that I wear is that the face is black, the band is black. It's very subdued. It's not it's not flashy. And so you can you can tone this thing up or tone it down depending on what you want to do with just, you know, swapping in a band and changing the face. So it is, it is customizable and and flexible from a fashion perspective, which is something that like, like, you know, my watch, like, isn't great with a suit. Like it's okay, but it's better if I'm just in my normal, you know, jeans and a, and a dress shirt. Um, is that, that part I think they got right. And especially for a version one, I mean, there's a bunch of options here and that's, that's really impressive to me that they, you know, have six yeah. cases already plus however many bands it's beautiful it is a it's a beautiful thing i i must say federico you're gonna buy one yeah of course steven uh I, i'm i'm unsure uh i'm unsure at this point um and after you answer i want to come back because i've got one more thing i want to add yes but i am what, tell people you are okay yeah I, so I two, will be buying two, two yays and one maybe. Yeah, it will be. I will tell you this: it will be something that I do not pre-order. I want to see it in person. Uh, printing out the thing last night. It's the big one. Is the size of the the Seiko watch that I wear now. But um, uh, I want to see it. I want to see it. So so here's the my big overall thing. Apple sometimes gets excited about things that don't go anywhere. So you can, I mean, it's hard to come with like a hardware example. Uh, we joked about the iPod Hi-Fi. 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 <laughs> um, and, and software. I think more on the software side. You know, Apple's like, hey, I think payments very easily could be this. Like, hey, we got this awesome thing. And like, it doesn't really go anywhere. Like the iBook store and iBooks author, like, yeah, it's cool in a small market, but Apple did not revolutionize textbooks. Um the danger here for Apple is you get Tim Cook on stage, very clearly his product, very clearly Johnny Ives' project. This is their baby. Um, and for Tim to get on stage and say, this is the next chapter in Apple's story, is a huge statement. That's uh, absolutely monumental. And if this doesn't do well, I think it will within Apple, you know, people listening to shows like, like ours. But if this doesn't do well mass market, and I don't know what they do. And I'm not saying, so to stop the follow-up before it happens, I'm not saying that app, the watch has to have an iPhone size market. Nothing is going to be the size of the iPhone. The iPhone is a one of a kind. The iPad is one of a kind. But if they only sell 250,000 of these things, I don't think that's successful. And then what do they do? Do they just keep trucking along? Or is it something that they back away from and then it's like, oh, you know, uh, this was going to be the next chapter, but it turns out no one really wants one. And like, I have no idea where how that story ends. I I really can't sit here and guess in a year how many things, how many of these things they've sold and how successful it has been. I uh, I do. Um, <laughs> someone said, I said iTunes, iTunes ping. Got yeah, G- lots of G four cubes as well. Yeah, I own, I have a G four cube, Joe Steele. Um, you might have one. It doesn't mean it's a success. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it was not a success. And so, so I don't know, like that, that worries me a little bit because they're so clearly have invested so much in it and 
very publicly have said, this is the future. This is what where we're going. I, I do think that's not a, a, an answer that we're going to have in six months. It's not even probably an answer we're going to have in a year. This is a two, three, four year thing to see what this, what this thing does. Um, it is very interesting. I do think ultimately lots of Apple people, nerds will have them. I just don't know. Like my wife does not want one. Like, will she want one in the future? Like that, that sort of market is what I wonder, you know, I wonder how they're going to react. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm Federico. I'm glad that we found our point to argue over. Yeah. Now it's the price. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, there's a uh, so much potential, I think, for for stuff that Apple didn't didn't announce yesterday. We didn't see a single mesh, mention of HomeKit, of using uh, the Apple Watch for authentication that is not Apple Pay. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a plenty of stuff that could you know come with the first release, or that Apple may be saving for the Apple Watch too. So it's super early to tell. I think it's both. Uh, I think it's wrong to say this is going to be the future or this is going to be a huge failure. And um, so I guess, we're, you know, reasonable people often choose to wait. And I think we should, you know, wait and see what happens. And now my problem actually is trying to choose a band for the watch. Yeah, I've been thinking about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, re- nice. I'm serious. I'm, I'm Because the sports one is nice. Right, and it's not too serious. I'm not. I'm not the the. You know, I never. I I'm not too fancy in the kind of clothes that I wear. I mean, I want to look good, but I, I'm not too you sophisticated. I'm not too sophisticated, right? And because the gold one is not for me. So there's the uh, the the Apple Watch with the Milanese band. I love that one. Yeah, the the loop, right? Yeah, I really and, love that one. That looks fantastic, but also the stainless steel looks great. Yep. Hey, so, well, Federico, uh, buy them all. And <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the I, should, difference- I should sell my house to get Apple Watches. The differences between them, right, is the materials they're made out of. And is, yeah. that, I mean, a, is there yeah. a thickness difference? I mean, I'm sure there's some, but Apple said they're all pretty thin. You know, right. the classic yeah. buckle looks a little thick. Um. The leather loop does not look good to me. Sorry, I, I meant the the, the the watch faces. Oh no, I think they're they're all. The, I don't think Apple said the thickness, which yeah. is interesting. Apple no, didn't think, publish any any tech specs, which is also interesting because clearly this is not a an announcement for for the tech nerds. Yeah. This yeah. this won't do more than a day battery life, and they kind of said that they're like it will last you all day. Yeah, that that I don't want to charge a watch every night. You will be. Charge is nice though. Like MagSafe is a great way of doing it. Like, um, they need to put that into like some sort of dock though. I think would be really sweet. You know, you just plug it into a little dock, put your phone down on it at night. But I will then be carrying around more cables to charge my devices when I go places more than a day. Uh, but I am excited about this. Get a you get a Mophie wristband for the watch. For your watch. <laughs> just sit it inside. That's and then- a great. That's a- Stephen go. Open a Kickstarter right yep. now yep. for the <laughs> Morphe watch. Done. What what could we call that? I'm gonna give you so much money. So my mother called me today. I just wanted to conclude on this <laughs> note. My mother, Federico, my, my, mother, my mother calls me and she's like, I watched the live stream yesterday. 
Okay. How did you do that? <laughs> I mean, it, it was impossible. So, and she asked me about the Apple Watch. So, of course, she knows what's coming. And now I'm afraid that because it's a, it's a, she can relate, uh, she can relate more to this kind of product. She's gonna, she's gonna ask me about all the details every day. Because she already asked me twice today about this watch and what it does. Because she seems to understand the watch more. She's not, she's not great at using the iPhone. Like She does the basic stuff like messages and Facebook and a little bit of Safari. She gets confused with mail. And, but the watch, she seems to be already very much into the idea of an Apple watch. And I think... I mean, I wanted to say this because it's pretty funny. But I think there's a serious point uh, about, you know, normal people who find iPhones and computers too much complex. And instead, the Apple Watch is a kind of a gateway to, to new tech for these people. And, and I don't want to say right now because it's too soon. But if this plan works, I guess for Apple, fashion will be a new thing a new thing and a new kind of halo effect just like the iPod i don't know it's a, it's a, it's a, it's something to think about for for the watch release so i think that's about it right yeah big week yeah oh i'm happy we've got some news again <laughs> you were missing you were missing the apple keynotes yeah you know what's not great it's not that good? i that i got to prepare all these articles for uh, next wednesday yeah, I would say next Wednesday. So that'll be that will be the uh, the topic of the hour next week. That will yep. be the end of me <laughs> because I'm writing uh, basically twenty hours each day. So you can do it, buddy. Yeah, hopefully. I don't know. So if you want to catch the show notes for this week's episode, go to relay.fm slash connected slash four. Thank you again to our sponsors for this week, Linda, Igloo, and Studio Neat. We'll be back next week with another episode of your favorite podcast on the internet. Oh, oh, I've coined a new one. Uh Just keep moving. Here we go. (laughs) If you want to catch us online, there's a few places you can do that. I am iMike. I am YKE on Twitter. Federico is at Vitici, V I T I C C I, and he writes at MaxStories.net. And Stephen is at ISMH, and and he writes uh, at 512pixels.net. And don't forget, of course, there are a bunch of other fantastic shows that you're going to enjoy at relay.fm. We'll be back next week. Until then. Goodbye. Arrivederci. Adios.